So it was a long day for me today with my son, Theo, who will be two in a few months. Kelly just had a baby. Elowin is just a few weeks old. And so I'm recording this now as a portent to the future to Kelly and Robin. Elowin is difficult in her own ways as a newborn. I'm telling you now, she's going to be difficult in her own ways when she's almost two. This week, it's me and Sarah, my wife, the mother of my child, because Kelly's on paternity leave. And, oh man, you guys, Sarah is a brilliant woman. She's a marriage therapist. She's a regular mental health therapist. She's a beautiful woman. And like I said, mother of my child. It's a wonderful episode because she chose the movie. It's husband and wife choosing date night starring Steve Carell and Tina Fey. Let's take it away. Welcome, everyone, to A Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Coms. I am your host, Ryan Graves, and with me, as always, is not Kelly, because he's on paternity leave, because he had a baby. Woohoo! So, with me instead is the most beautiful woman in the world. Oh, no. My wife, Sarah Graves. <laughs> Say hello, Sarah. Hello. Welcome to the show. <laughs> How are you today? Um, I'm a toddler mom, so I guess we'll just say that that summarizes it. How did he sleep last night? He only got up once. That's it? I know, right? Okay. Yeah. Good. I think that's maybe the second time that that's happened mm -hmm. this week, which is promising. Yeah. Sarah, tell our listeners something we should know about you. I don't know. You didn't prepare me for this. <laughs> What you're introducing yourself to your new friends? What do we know? What should we know about you? Mm. What do you do? Oh, see, no, I am a mental health therapist, mm -hmm. but I'm more than what I do for a living. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you specialize in as a therapist, or what do you prefer? What are the clients that you like to work with? Badass women. Oh, okay, <laughs> and couples. Couples, mm -hmm. yes. Uh, I'm just trying to present your bona fides for today's movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely. I definitely like this movie because it shows good couples. Mm -hmm. She, you are a marriage. And not so good couples. But, yeah. You know. But you like to see healthy couples on screen. For sure. And it drives me up the wall when people are not healthy couples. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you also don't like seeing therapists on screen because oh, they usually get it wrong. Oh, gosh. <laughs> We could do a whole bonus episode on what's wrong with therapists in movies. <laughs> um, before we start our review of the film, I want to play a teeny tiny game just to break the ice with you. Oh, okay. The game is... I think the ice broke a long time I ago. <laughs> the, the game we're doing is say one interesting thing about your partner. So oh. I'm going to go first. One interesting thing about you is that you have a knife collection. <laughs> Do we want to tell them this? Yeah, because I think it's really cool. Okay, well, it sounds way more, like, sketchy than it is. It's not sketchy, it's badass. Okay. And I really, it's something I like about you, and it's also really helpful, because whenever I need a knife, I know that in every room of the house, you probably have one lying around. They're so. not, like, duct-taped no. to the back of the toilet tank or anything. No, they're but they're in, knives but they're in helpful places that if I ever need to cut something <laughs> open, not like a fish or a person, but just, like, if I'm cutting a box or something, I know that in the kitchen there's a knife, in the bedroom there's a knife, in... <laughs> I mean, not... They're pocket knives, they're pocket and they're pretty. Knives. They're pretty and it's useful not like knives. I have Bowie knives under the mattress. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. We're not... <laughs> if you really want a Bowie knife, I can get you a Bowie knife. Okay. Um, anyways. So that's that's what that's one interesting thing about you that I really like. The therapist with the knife collection. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what is something about me? Mm. 
Well, let's see. If you pay attention on our social media, you will see that Ryan has, if we're talking about collections, a very, very extensive collection of, as he likes to put it, physical media. Mm -hmm. And so I like to refer to him as a media apocalypse prepper for the Mm -hmm. end of streaming services. He will suddenly be the most popular man on the block Mm -hmm. for... Um, movies, and he has an extensive CD collection for you Gen Zers. That's what came before. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we also have our library. But yeah, I think he's waiting for the internet apocalypse. Well, not necessarily the apocalypse, but I know that Kelly just ran into this problem the other day where they took Star Trek off Netflix. and I Bastards. I don't have Star Trek because I'm not a huge Star Trek fan, but I just know that there's going to be a thing that I'm used to, like Gilmore Girls, for example, is on Netflix right now. And who's to say that they just won't randomly pull the, they'll keep the Netflix show on there, but who's to say they might just pull the old show off. And we have the first few seasons on DVD, so I'm not worried about that happening. So See, this is his soapbox. (sighs) Yeah, (laughs) that's my interesting thing. So we could do this for days, but Mm -hmm. we won't. So let me tell you a story. Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. I ask you about love, probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter, and not very good at telling stories. That's the end. What do you mean, that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. So today's movie is Date Night, starring... Tina Fey and Steve Carell. And And shirtless Mark Wahlberg. (laughs) Do you like Mark Wahlberg? Not the way Tina Fey does in this movie. <laughs> like, does He's it, a funny guy. Does it work for you in this movie, the the shirtless Mark Wahlberg? Or are you just, whatever, you don't care. You're more like Steve Carell. You're like, please just put a shirt on. I mean, it's funny, but I'm not like, oh, yeah. I'll <laughs> <laughs> have to be a different actor. Yeah. So Date Night is about married couple with kids, and we see their lifestyle. He's a uh, some kind of tax accountant person. And she's a real estate agent. And uh, I like how they're neither failing nor super successful. They're just very moderate. As most of us are. <laughs> yeah. It's it's already much more relatable than some silly version of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like a Nancy Myers movie. We love her. She's right. great. But this is not a Nancy Myers movie. If it was a Nancy Myers movie, it would be like Tina Fey would be like... 25 and or she'd either be 25 or 55 um, and she'd be extremely successful in either Mm -hmm. direction if she was like a Cameron Diaz character she'd like own a real estate like gargantuan business or if she was a tax accountant she'd be like a sexy tax accountant (laughs) where they would sell bagels and cupcakes and coffee at the same time what I'm just saying, if Nancy Myers ever made a movie about a tax queen. accountant, I don't think she would ever make a movie about a tax accountant. She should. I'm going to challenge her to do that. What is it with, like, if they want to have a very unsexy job for a man, they make him a tax accountant, like in The Incredibles and stuff? <laughs> yeah. Well, he is a superhero in The Incredibles, so they balance him out. Steve Carell is not a superhero in this movie. He kind of becomes a hero, though. Eventually, he does. He... He, he against all odds against all odds including exactly. himself mm-hmm. so we stay their life you know they they have kids and we don't even really get to know the kids because it doesn't matter we just know that they have them mm-hmm. and they like to jump on them with all of their knees and elbows just like theo mm-hmm. that's exactly what he does on the couch which is terrifying because he doesn't realize where the ground is sometimes and he's like almost half my size now <laughs> he's not half your size he's half my height he is mm-hmm Oh, you right. I forgot that you're very small. And he's like, well, a third of my weight. That's true. Because you are very tiny. And he's not getting any tinier. He's just <laughs> getting bigger. Uh, so we see <laughs> the babysitter come over and it's like, hey, you guys have date night. And they're like, oh, yeah. Can you check that? Sorry, there's we're checking baby monitor because we have to do this while baby is sleeping. I think he's good. Okay. You can hold it up so they can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Uh, yeah, they go on date night and we see them go to like a very basic restaurant and have a very basic date. But I do like the one thing that they do, their tradition of narrating the lives of the mm-hmm. other dates. Yeah, you can see that they enjoy each other, mm-hmm. even if their life is boring, according to them. And we we kind of have a similar tradition. We like to kind of assess who our neighbors are yeah. at, at restaurants. Or talk about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But you're really good at this. If I ask you like what are we seeing over at this table? You'll be able to be like, okay, that's, Oh, for sure. That's a first date or that's a, you know, anniversary date or mm-hmm. married or not married. Yeah. Where do you think you get that skill set? Is it marriage therapy stuff? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what are, what are, what are tells for like a first date mm, versus a lot of like, body language? Really? Um, oh yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, if I'm really, wanting to analyze them you can get into like micro expressions and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. body language eye contact just kind of their their mood with each other that kind of thing what's the thing the Gottman thing where he can john Gottman, famed marriage therapist where he can like assess a couple in like 60 seconds or something if he watches i think it's like five minutes of a discussion between a couple he can tell whether or not they're going to make it basically that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. If I ever meet them, you're not coming with me. <laughs> I mean, I think we're fine, but. <laughs> Good to know. Oh, hello. Are we playing footsie? I don't know. Are we? Yeah. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they have a basic date night and, you know, whatever. And then it ends in a typical married couple <laughs> night where it's like sex is could be on the table not really mouth and she's like i could rally it's like (laughs) and he's like no it's okay yeah oh oh what no 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 you just put in your mouth card that usually means we're not gonna oh oh uh no we could we could still fool around only if you're into it i mean no no i would love to let me do some get the yeah okay you know what no it's honey i'm totally fine if we don't no, I just, um, I would, no, I would love to. Let me just get my head around it. Okay. No, it's not, it's, it's totally cool for you. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Because those potato skins made me kind of gassy. So, yeah. again, mm. very the relatable. The potato skins make her gassy. <laughs> <laughs> very relatable to married couples and I'm sure non-married couples alike. Mm-hmm. We've, we've all been in that situation. Oh, but we need to talk about the thing that he does, which is leaving all of the drawers open. <laughs> See, that's something I don't really have any experience with. Okay, so listeners, when Ryan and I were dating, I would go over to his apartment, and all of the kitchen cabinets would be open, and I would be like, okay, so if we're going to end up living together and getting married eventually, this needs to not be a thing. And then Ryan goes, oh, no, that's totally Kelly. That's, it that's was him Kelly. that does that. It was Kelly. Fast forward <laughs> to several years later, and... I think there's like TikToks going around where it's like, show me you have a husband without showing me your husband. And it's just this woman like slamming all of the cabinet doors and drawers and stuff. Well, the good thing is we have a toddler now. So the drawers have to be literally locked into place. So I have no choice but to lock them shut. Do you though? I I, I do. I do enough. Uh-huh. I do well. I do okay for myself. Stay tuned for Instagram story updates. Oh God. <laughs> So, yes, that is his flaw, as we'll see throughout the film. And uh, they see, at that date night, they see a sexy couple, and we can kind of see a longing to be that couple for them, even though they're saying that it's kind of gross, that they still want to be that romantic couple. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you don't have to have PDA to have a successful relationship, but it's important, the physical they're stuff. They're making fun of them sitting on the same side of the booth. <laughs> We just sit at the bar. That yeah, way we get the best of both worlds. That's our tradition. We always like sitting at the bar. Mm-hmm. That's our thing. So it's a week later, and we see uh, Tina Fey come down in her date night regalia. And oh no, you missed a part. Oh, what part? What part did I miss? They find out that their best friends are getting divorced. Oh right, right, at book right. Book club. Book club is a very important moment. So they go right. They go to book club with Kristen Wiig and the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> who are married and there there's a very good scene about they're reading about an afghanistan afghani girl there's an office joke about this um and who's having her first period and steve carell has to get through book club talking about such things 
He's the only husband there. Mm-hmm. Which I would love to go to book club. I know Kelly would love to go to book club too. Mm-hmm. And if we did book club, you and I, our book club would be like Star Wars books. Heck yes. Because you're, oh, that's the other thing I want to say. Sarah's the most avid reader I've ever ever known she can get through a novel if she really wanted to it has to be the right book though she could get through a sci-fi novel in a night if she really wanted I've to done that. you have you read all the hunger games in one night not all of them but you read a hunger one games a per night yours would be like jim butcher heck yes or kelly and i will have that book club you're not invited because you don't like it sorry it's just not for me i just whatever blasphemy but, but star wars books we would we yes. would totally do that. And we we do. We make each other read each other's books, except for not Jim Butcher. <laughs> but when it comes to Star Wars books, I'm like, okay, you got to read this. And now I'm the one who's behind mm-hmm. because you're you're all cut up on the Star Wars books. Mm-hmm. So. so, yeah, the Hulk tells Mark Ruffalo, the Hulk, mm-hmm. tells Steve Carell that they're getting divorced. And their problem was they thought things were fine until they realized they weren't happy. And they just were living in mediocrity until it got the best of them. Which I'm sure is it's not a it's not a horseman of the apocalypse. But what is your as a marriage therapist? What's your take on mediocrity mediocrity in in relationships? Well, that's a very broad question. <laughs> I think a lot of what happens is that people stop putting in effort, mm-hmm. and you know, like a lot of the marriage researchers out there talk about the goal is to make your marriage good enough. Because sometimes it's not going to be, like, mind-blowing, but you have to keep working at it. And I tell all my clients that marriage is a skill, not a state of being. Mm. And that you have to always be working to get better at doing marriage. Mm-hmm. So. so they they experience their friends going through this divorce. And so date night comes up and Tina Fey decides to level up. So she she gets on the great blue purplish dress it's blue Uh, it's blue um (laughs) and so she comes down the stairs steve carell comes home from work and misses how much (laughs) she looks it's such a great moment it's very relatable (laughs) because us us not i'm not gonna say us guys but i'm gonna say us like married people can miss each other when we do this Mm -hmm. like sometimes i'll come down and i'm wearing like the black shirt that you always like me to wear. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you'll miss it. And I, sometimes I'll be like, Hey, look what I'm wearing. Uh-huh. I've rolled up my sleeves. Mm-hmm. Just, just how you like it. So, <laughs> and other times you'll notice right away, which mm-hmm. is, which is great. And hopefully I notice you when I need to notice. Well, and I love that. Like he completely misses that she's all fancy. And then she kind of tries to get his attention again. And he definitely has like a big, good reaction. Mm-hmm. And he he's like, Whoa. I'm going to rally. Yeah. <laughs> So I think that's kind of, you know, a lot of movies would show him just kind of like completely ignoring. Mm -hmm. And this more shows like, okay, they do enjoy each other and care about each other and they try. Mm -hmm. They just don't always summon up the energy. Yeah. So he sees her and he's like, okay, let's make this special. Let's let's not be mediocre. Let's Mm -hmm. let's do something great. So he's like, we're going to the city. So I guess they live in New Jersey. Or upstate. Yeah, or Connecticut or something. So they're going no, to New York. Jersey, yeah. Yeah, so they're going to New York City, which I'm really glad that we don't live that far from the city. Because if we want to go on a date like that in downtown Portland, it would. And if we lived like 45 minutes away, we would never do it. <laughs> Unless it was something really special. But yeah. Look at me. I'm just already in mediocrity mode. <laughs> no. I would make it special. You're good at that. Thank you. So they go on their big date. They go down to like a super duper fancy bar, which you and I would just be like, no, we're not waiting for such stupidness. We would appreciate it. But if we had to wait for like three hours to get a table, we wouldn't do it. And they get three hours. No, well, I don't know. But they get seats at the bar. I'm like, that's good enough for us. Mm -hmm. That's where we usually like to go. That's how we avoid the wait. Like if they want us to have a table, we actually will prefer a bar over a table. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? It's always more interesting. Yeah. Like the bar section usually is kind of more fancy and trendy and also usually cheaper Mm -hmm. because there's happy hour or the bar menu. And we get to sit closer to each other. Mm -hmm. Without being, as they would say, the gross people that sit on the same side of the booth. It's so awkward when you're at a table and you're sitting across from each other and you want to like be cute and you kind of like stretch your arms out and you're like, I... (laughs) 
touch your hand. <laughs> you have to put your hand on the table I'll now. Fundle your hand. Yeah, it's it's very difficult. But at a bar, you can graze a shoulder. You can, you know, <laughs> lean in. You can sneak yeah. a kiss, and it's not gross. It's not weird. So always mm-hmm. like the bar. And what's our tradition when we get cocktails? Oh wait. What what usually happens to us? Oh, Ryan has the um, femme looking drink, and I've usually got the like straight up tumbler glass Mm -hmm. kind of thing yeah (laughs) and i'm always glad that i get what i get and you're always good that you get what you get Mm -hmm. because i try yours i'm like "Mm, i made a good choice by not getting that (laughs) yeah Uh, so they they they're sitting at the bar and but they still really want a table and so the snooty uh hostess is calling out a name for i can't remember what their name was the triple horns the triple horns (laughs) right because of gene triple horn uh, but it's not for Gene Triplehorn. It's just for the Triplehorns. And Steve Carell decides to take a chance and steal the Triplehorns table. Mm-hmm. So they go and they sit and they they have a lovely time and they see Will I Am, which is fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Tina Fey gets a, uh, uh, a sneaky photo. Yeah, a sneaky uh, selfie with with Will I Am. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Common shows up with some kind of generic bad guy with him yeah but it's common in someone else mm-hmm. um have you seen that other guy i feel like he's the kind of actor who would show up in all of your shows yeah i think he has i think he's i think he was a recurring sci-fi channel okay. actor or so something you, like that so you were yeah. you, mm-hmm. he was familiar to you and you know so common does the you coming with us kind mm-hmm. of thing and say so take them into the alley and tina fey and steve carell are like Okay, we took a reservation. What do you mm-hmm. what do you want to do about it? But then And they're, they're like desperately trying to eat the last of their food and <laughs> yeah. drink the last of their wine before they leave the table. <laughs> yeah. So then Common brings out the guns and they, they go into kill shot mode as Steve Carell <laughs> calls it. Um, and they want the thumb drive. And Steve Carell's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so they think these bad guys thinks that our heroes are actually the triple horns and Steve Carell and, Le- and I almost said Liz Lemon <laughs> yeah. and Tina Fey try to explain, but they don't believe them. And so <laughs> they convince them that they do have the thumb drive and it's at the, it's in central park. Mm-hmm. And so they take them to central park and for whatever reason, Steve Carell is thinking that they can lose them. What I love about, kind of the way that they play these characters is that it's totally the kind of like total BS that you and I would be coming up with on the fly. <laughs> We'd be like, okay, we've watched all these movies. What do the characters do in the movies? Like, I, I have it, but it's it's yeah. not here. It's somewhere else. Yeah. And yeah. It just feels very much like this is your average Joe suburban couple mm-hmm. trying to survive in this crazy situation. I always, that's what's fun about this one is that you're like, oh, I, I, if I, it was me, I would do this. Mm-hmm. And it gets more and more ridiculous, and I get less and less... I figure out less and less what to do, but I would totally... I see where their logic is going. Because I feel like in other sort of like average couple in an unaverage situation movies, they're really good at thinking on the spot, and they somehow like know what to do and how right. to put the pieces together, and this one is just like, um, I yeah. have no idea what's going on. Because they're like, there's like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, where it's like Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie are like well, CIA people or whatever, yes. and yeah. it's not as fun. It's fun, but this is more fun because it's like we can actually relate to this. Mm-hmm. So they get to Central Park, and then they're like, uh, "It's at the boathouse, night boating." <laughs> yeah, and so they go to this boathouse, and Tina Fey's trying to like convince him that they need to go to a hospital because he needs an intravenous penis medicine. Yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, and so, uh, eventually they get into the boathouse and One is of the it funniest moments where they're trying to get away in the boat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they, t- is it Tina Fey who knocks common with like a plank or something? Um, no, I think or is the other way around. she's like looking under the floorboards and mm-hmm. Steve smacks them. <laughs> yeah. So they jump into a boat and <laughs> just like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like that. And they try and get the, uh, the motor running it's it's it, it's a dud <laughs> but they get away and they get to the cops and they start telling this story which sounds ridiculous to the main mm-hmm. cop um and then while they're telling the story although she's s- scandalized that they stole a reservation <laughs> yeah and so they're they're telling the story to the cop and then while they're telling the story they see common and generic bad guy come in with badges and it turns mm-hmm. out they're cops working mm-hmm. for the big bad yeah um and so they get away and they, they go nowhere to go. 
No one to turn to, and except they, for... Hot Mark Wahlberg and Hot Cal Godot, who... Who is hotter than Mark Wahlberg, honestly. Oh, yeah. I think we all agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think Mark Wahlberg would agree with that. For sure. And he's like a security expert dude person, and they're asking for his help, and... And he's a former client of hers. Yeah, he was looking for a house, and we see Tina Fey drooling all <laughs> over him, and Steve Carell does his best to play it cool repeatedly asking for him to put on a shirt (laughs) right i don't blame him in that regard Mm -hmm. and luckily uh i've never seen you tina fey over anyone before so i've never had this problem i don't think we know a whole lot of people that pretty that's true that's true well i mean kelly and robin can be that pretty sure but you're you're comfy with them yes you know you don't we don't drool either over them no awkward So it's been a week since we watched this because uh, we've been meaning to record this, but Theo keeps getting in the way. So check my memory. What, what happens after they meet up with Mark Wahlberg? So they're asking Mark Wahlberg to figure out where the triple horns are so that mm-hmm. they can get the thumb drive. And he oh, does right. his like high tech tracking of the. Yeah. He triangulates their location. Because that's some- oh, because they had to go back and get the cell phone number from the restaurant. That right. the reservation was. And yeah. So they go back in pretending to be like... The snooties of snooties. Yeah, like snooty Manhattan artists. Yeah. Um, and so they steal the cell phone number and then go to Holbrook Grand. Mm. And then he does his high-tech thing and gives them the cell phone number. And then they go off to find the real Triple Horns. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Steve Carell steals Mark Wahlberg's antique, antique gun, gun. <laughs> for whatever reason. And I think they escape when common and generic bad guy show up at the house yeah and they have to steal mark Wahlberg's car audi (laughs) is that the kind of car you'd want oh there's so many cars i want (laughs) but you you'd be you'd be happy to have a car like this turn down an audi sports car (laughs) when we were watching specter do you remember the car chase or did you go to bed already at that point um i think i went to bed okay because he's like in a sports car that time I know this is a crazy divergence, but I just want to show off that my wife has very good taste in cars. I'm just curious if you had to choose between classic Aston Martin or like top of the line newest sports car, which would you rather classic. have? Classic. Classic. Yeah. Because it's about the style and the substance. And the way the engine sounds. Mm. It purrs better than an Aston Martin. No. See, the Aston Martin purrs. The classic car like rumbles. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, Okay. See, <laughs> so I don't know these things. You're the car person. <laughs> so they they finally there's there's some tomfoolery about, and I can't remember if they get into the car chase before or after they meet up with the actual quote unquote triple horns. But I think that's after. So oh yeah, so that's right. They so they they find the triple horns address. They break in, and it's a little bit cringy now, but it's James Franco and Mila Kunis. And we like Mila Kunis. Mm-hmm. We're not crazy about James Franco these days, yeah. but back then he was mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and there are these common criminal types and mm-hmm. she's a, a dancer, an mm-hmm. exotic dancer at the strip club that the bad guys, the big bad, mm-hmm. which is, I can't remember, but he's, is he a Senator or he's like the DA? I think he's the DA. Attorney General, I think. Attorney General, District Attorney. District Something like that. Attorney General. Legal person. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they have like incriminating evidence against mm-hmm. him and that's what's on the thumb drive and that's why the big the bad guys are after the thumb drive. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole other thing with like a mobster guy. Is oh yeah, Ray is here for some reason just to throw flavor. And, and wear his eyeliner. Yeah. He's always so scary looking. He is? Ray he just looks like a grungier William Shatner. I like that. Grungy <laughs> William Shatner. <laughs> Next time we need one. Uh, so, yeah, then there's there's car chases and all that. And there's a really great conversation that made me feel very seen as a mother mm. when um, Steve Carell was, like, getting on Tina's case about drooling over Mark Wahlberg. And he's saying, like, don't you wish that, like, do you fantasize about being with him instead of me? Mm. And then she has her whole monologue about how she fantasizes about going away and being alone <laughs> in a quiet room where she can watch TV and drink a glass of wine in peace. Yeah. She's like, I don't fantasize about another man. 
Yeah, to be honest, I've never worried about you leaving me for a person. I've only had like those irrational fears of you just leaving. Like I've never, I've never been like jealous or intimidated. I have fantasies by of leaving and then coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I usually have those nightmares where we're breaking up, and I'm like watching myself in the dream, and I'm like, "Why are we breaking up? This is like <laughs> yeah. the worst idea ever." Have you had those nightmares? Um, yeah, I had one of those recently. I have dreams where we've broken up, and I'm like dating around, and I'm like not really liking anybody. And then I'm like, wait, why did we break up? <laughs> yeah, that that always comes up in the nightmare. I'm like, it, it like the nightmare will turn into like a good dream where it's like, oh, we're getting back together. The baby monitor is bleeping. Is What does bleeping mean? Here. I think it just. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, we're going to take a little detour and see if he'll go back to sleep. OK, <laughs> you want to go check on to him? be continued. Well, that was fun. Thank you, thank you for taking care of our child. It took two tries, but I got him back down. That's weird. He usually sleeps pretty well. It's usually on the days that I put him down for some reason. That's ironic, because I could not put him down for the life of me <laughs> last night. I was with him for 45 minutes and nothing happened. Yeah, he, was, he was making up for his good behavior last night of only waking up once. Yeah. <laughs> so he wants to interrupt the podcast. That's mm-hmm. fine. Um, okay. Excuse you. Sorry. So let's see. Where were we? Um, tomfoolery arises. They get in chases with the bad guys who are cops. Yeah, I like how in the the car chase scene, they just cannot figure out how to work together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which uh, we can work together better than they can sometimes. I feel. Mm, I think if our car was hooked. To backwards car. to a taxi cab and we were trying to drive together at the same time. I mean, you know, I, don't, I really don't like backseat driving, so. Who do you think a better driver is, me or you? <sighs> you drive like a grandpa, which makes you an excellent driver when you are driving our son around. Yeah, so I'm mm-hmm. always a better driver then. Uh, so they eventually figure out that they need to go to the strip club to confront the bad guy. <laughs> and in order to do that, they have to earn their way, way into the inner sanctum, the sanctum sectorum of sexiness. <laughs> so they literally have to dance their way in the both of them. And I like that he's having to tell Tina Fey to be all sexy and, you know, play her part as the sexy person. And then, He's enlisted as the stripper too, so I just love how like she gets into her like lingerie and stuff and he just is drooling all over himself mm-hmm. and he's just like I think that's what makes this movie so good is that you know that they really do love and care and are attracted to each other. Yeah. Whereas other movies it's a little bit more I don't know. It doesn't have the same warmth. Cause he sees like Gal Gadot in a blanket and he's like, <laughs> whatever. Like yeah. he doesn't care. Like he does, he barely notices her. Uh-huh. And then when he's at the strip club place, he doesn't notice any other dancers. No. He only sees her. Yeah. He's only got eyes for her, which yeah. is pretty great. Mm-hmm. So they dance and basically <laughs> get next to the bad guy who's really into their weird dancing. <laughs> which, you know, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> but they. How inappropriate. They get to. The rooftop and um, not William Shatner, Ray Liotta shows up and (laughs) then the other cops show up from earlier and there's all this malarkey and they get caught and they save the day and, you know, Mm -hmm. they survive. Mm -hmm. And that's that's date night. Well, and then they go to a diner and they sit on the same side of the booth together. Mm, And they have a makeout session on their front lawn, (laughs) which you would never go for, even if we did face death. I don't think you would want a makeout session on the lawn in in public in the neighborhood. You're giving me these eyes. This is <laughs> this is radio, not television. What are your eyes telling me? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> are you saying that if we faced death, that I might be able to have a lawn makeout session? I think you're more likely to be uncomfortable with that than I am. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, so that's date night, mm-hmm. Sarah. Why why did you pick date night? 
I relate so very much to it. Yeah. And it's it's a warm, fuzzy movie that, I don't know, it warms my cold, dead couples therapist <laughs> heart. <laughs> I spend all week with couples that are struggling. And so seeing couples that work out their own stuff and, I don't know, really, truly value each other just is very refreshing compared to other movies about couples. Because mm. <laughs> usually it's about couples having a hard time. So yeah. that's exhausting for me to watch. Are there specific things that you see in this movie that is really encouraging to you or just you want to see more of in other movies about couples? I guess that an average couple from the burps can actually be interesting to spend 90 minutes with mm. in a movie. Mm-hmm. And that I, I guess so many rom-coms and other movies are about the getting together, not right. about the staying together. Right. And so we want to actually see more couples that look and feel like us rather than us 10 years ago. Yeah. I think it's a lot. I don't know. It's a more relatable conflict when they're asking themselves, how do we keep this relationship interesting? Mm -hmm. Because when we first got together, it was there was a lot of drama because like at first you're kind of interested in me, but not super interested <laughs> in me. And then you were really interested in me. And then we finally dated. And, you know, then there's just the whirlwind of the first year of dating of just mm-hmm. like figuring out each other's weirdness <laughs> and dealing with it. And then you're married and that's you're stuck with someone's weirdness. Well, to nerd out, scientifically speaking, in the first few months of a relationship, like the honeymoon period, your brain literally is acting like it's high. <laughs> Oh. Like your brain chemistry is similar to if you were high. Mm-hmm. So, of course, that's exciting and interesting and it's not that hard to have a good time. Mm-hmm. But then when you've been married for 10 years, you have to work at it. So if you had a couple come in <clears throat> and this is their problem that they're stuck in mediocrity, they're stuck in not being able to get that high back, what would your first like one size fits all for most couples that come in. Cause you would, you would want to get to know them as a couple, but what are some practical things that you would challenge them to start working on? Being friends again, mm. because so many couples are really good at being like partners and being co-parents and being household managers, but they stop actually investing in the friendship. Mm. And so a lot of that is about, kind of playing with each other again you know Mm -hmm. getting back to the things that you actually made time to do together and enjoy when you first started dating Mm -hmm. so mainly just starting with that are there things that i'm doing good or not so good about that oh are you wanting me to brag on you no i want an assessment i want to (laughs) know this is a safe space for you to say whether or not I don't want to be Is graded. Is it a safe space for you? <laughs> I don't want to be graded, but I'm looking for maybe an example that I can continue do to do for you, my wife, as your friend. What are some things that I can do or continue to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Well, the other night, if I'm going to brag on you, you brought home a single pink rose mm. and a card just because... And gummy bears, and that was very good. And chocolate. Mm-hmm. Because you were you having a really chocolate. hard day with Theo. <laughs> he was, oh, I, I, I did have some of your chocolate. <laughs> but I, I noticed that you were having a hard day with Theo, and I was stuck working on stuff, and I couldn't really help you in the moment, but I knew I could encourage you mm-hmm. yeah. to keep going. Well, and then, I mean, watching Star Wars is always a good investment in our friendship mm-hmm. because then we nerd out about it for a long time. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of boring, but I just like it when we watch stuff together. Stuff that we're going to talk about afterwards. Well, the things that I appreciate a lot is you helping me get through Gilmore Girls because I love Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. But I have to coach you through Jess's presence. <sighs> we're in season two and I'm a lot I'm a lot warmer on Jess in general. But I still need Sarah to, like, explain to me what is going through. It's her attachment wounding. (laughs) (laughs) See, you're you're too smart for Gilmore Girls. I don't know. They actually put the stuff in there that supports my theories, so. Okay. But it's nice being married to a therapist because she will be able to psychoanalyze a character on the spot, and it's freaky. Yeah. It's annoying when they don't make sense, though. Yeah. But would you say... This this movie, Date Night, in spite of it being a silly movie, has pretty 
realistic thinking characters in Tina Fey and Steve Carell? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's kind of caricatures. Mm -hmm. You know, Gilmore Girls, the characters have these intense backstories and we have so much information about kind of their the psychology of each of them, whereas we don't know much of anything about these characters, but the way that they do behave makes sense and is relatable Mm -hmm. because it's kind of more of a, I guess, a motif of modern marriage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah. Well, we're going to take a little break because we already took a little break because of Silly Theo, but we're going to take an actual break. And then when we come back, we're going to do Trope Talk. And we're back for Trope Talk. I don't even have a rhyme this time because Kelly's not here. And I can't think because Theo's been distracting me all day so there's no rhyme for trope talk other than it's trope talk everyone this is cute when he's distracting you he's very cute you bought him a um mandalorian mask like not like a full mask but like a thing that he can strap to his face he likes it he looks really adorable (laughs) and we've we've taught him to say grogu Mm -hmm. did he say grogu in the mask i don't know we should get him to say grogu we can post the photo of him yeah because it's not his face yep (laughs) um the trope I want to talk about is the married couple team, mm-hmm. which we see in this movie, but we also see in a classic 30s serial, <gasps> the Thin Man series. So good. Shout out to Rachel Pearl Foskett for showing us that mm-hmm. and naming her dog after it. Mm-hmm. Cat. So what what are some hallmarks of movies like The Thin Man and Date Nights and other Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Mm. these films where our couples have to work together as a team. The Incredibles, we see that a lot. Well, witty banter, of course. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just witty banter. (laughs) I mean, I think we need to see conflict between them. Mm -hmm. We need to see a... Each partner has a skill set, generally. Yeah. And in spite of trusting one another, sometimes that trust can only go so far. Mm Mm-hmm. I think a good example is in the cred- in the Incredibles when Bob and Helen are in the third act and they're driving to to the big bad stuff that's happening mm-hmm. and she's like, "Don't take Beth." Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> that's very just again very relatable conflict. That yeah, we've been there's through. conflict and tension, and they get themselves into messes, but it never actually jeopardizes the overall goal. Mm-hmm. Like they always pull together in the end. And really work together as a team. Yeah. It is interesting that in the 30s with The Thin Man, I've only watched one of the sequels. I don't know how the series goes on. But you have you have the, the guy is the detective and the wife is kind of palling along kind of as a wannabe detective. But mm-hmm. she's pretty brilliant. But the movie kind of sets up. It's like, well, she's not really a detective. He's mm-hmm. the real detective. But then when we get to movies like The Incredibles, it's pretty, it's pretty equal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like, at least in The Thin Man, there are some moments where she'll pull something out of the hat, and he definitely gives her her due. Mm-hmm. Are there other rom-coms that we see married teams? I feel like this is easily the best example of that, because that's kind of the point of it. Well, I mean, we haven't yet mentioned the less impressive movie similar to Date Night, which is Game Night. <laughs> we are not a fan. I know some people are fans, but... It was just kind of disappointing. It could have been better. Yeah, there's not a lot of chemistry there. Yeah. Because Game Night, it's uh, Jason Bateman. Mm -hmm. Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams. Mm -hmm. And their whole thing is that they really fell in love with each other over games, board games and stuff like that. And it just kind of ends up being a gimmick that Mm -hmm. they kind of work together. But I don't really remember. Like, we watched it not too long ago. I don't really remember else going for it. Mm -hmm. I think there needs to be... Especially with married couples in movies, there needs to be a ton of chemistry. Well, they're not yet married, but I think a good example of seeing this is actually two weeks notice, Mm. right? Because we see them work together really well as a team. And we like seeing the the chemistry we like about them is we're seeing how well they know each other. Mm -hmm. Like when they're eating, they're like sharing their food. It's so mechanical. Mm -hmm. They just know exactly how to share the food with Mm -hmm. each other and like him like blowing her nose he's like you may blow just just all these things that (laughs) makes them even when they're friends just the perfect couple with each other Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's definitely one of the endearing parts of it 
I'm trying to think of other. I mean, the things that are coming to my mind are just seeing the couples be best friends with each other. Yeah, because I think in the traditional rom-com, it's a lot of the getting to know each other and kind of each person as an individual and trying to decide whether they're compatible. Mm -hmm. Whereas this is the thing I talk to my couples a lot about is creating your family culture. Mm. And I think that's what makes a really good movie about a married couple is it's not just about each person as an individual. It's about the culture that they've created because they know each other so well. Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, in another movie, it's about the getting to know each other. Well, I feel like the rom-coms you and I like watching together rarely are about whirlwind romances. And they're really about really sexy scenarios. They're always about couples that aren't necessarily relatable, but relationships that are interesting mm-hmm. and enjoyable to look at and to yeah. think about. Because your favorite drama stuff is just exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> for me at least. Because for, for you, I'm trying to think of your favorite rom coms, and I know Two Weeks Notice is probably your number one. You've Got Mail is in contention for the top. Yeah. And so, like, tell me about You've Got Mail and, like, how you feel about that movie. Like, how does that back up what you like seeing in couples on screen? Mm, I think because it's all about, well, I mean, the friendship that they develop. Mm-hmm. Like, once she goes out of business, he befriends her. Mm-hmm. And it's about the chemistry between the two of them. It's not so much about like either one of them being particularly amazing. I mean, she is very endearing and very sweet. Mm-hmm. But the reason why you like that is because of the two of them together, not necessarily each of them separately. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there are any other good examples, but I do have a good example of a rom-com Oscar. We need to put yours and Kelly's up next to each other and have people <laughs> vote on which one's better. Oh, it's Kelly. He's he's the he's the rom com Oscar man. But <laughs> Sarah, date night. What rom com Oscar are you giving it? I guess my Oscar would be best comedian pairing. Yeah, because the whole time I was thinking, well, when this movie came out, he was at the top of his game as Michael Scott in The Office. She was at the top of her game in Thirty Rock as Liz Lemon. And I was mm-hmm. just like, why are you, why don't we see them? Well, I don't see more Tina Fey movies. Mm-hmm. She's never well, she's, starring in enough. She's making her own movies. Yeah. She's writer directoring. Yeah. And they they just are appropriately cast. Oh yeah. They they're so well paired that they both kind of have similar comedic styles and they both have that same I don't know, like just thinking about, you know, if Amy Poehler was in that role, I feel like she'd be a little bit too frenetic for him yeah like they both have a little bit of that laid back nature but they've still got that they just play off each other so well yeah it'd be it would be too much with anyone else but they just or like putting like will ferrell and tina fey like yeah yeah it just feels it'd be too weird yeah it's more fun it's more fun with with these guys because it always comes back to the relatability Mm -hmm. it always comes back to like i see myself as a steve corral most of the time I never see myself as a Will Ferrell person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he has that sort of grounded humor, whereas a lot of other male comedi- comedians are very goofy and just over the top. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. My Oscar would have to go to Best Cameo Performance with Mark Wahlberg. Hmm. Because it's not that he's the perfect person to be like, because like a cameo is like a fun surprise. Mm-hmm. Like that's what we like in a, a good cameo. Mm-hmm. Like if Harrison Ford showed up in something, it's like, oh, that'd be so fun if I saw that. So it's just kind of his presence? Not as that cam- his presence, but he's he's actually doing more than he needs to as a cameo performer. Like he's actually hmm. trying as an actor here. I would have to disagree with you on that. You're I feel like he's, I feel like he's boring in this role. <laughs> <laughs> like he literally is just there to be a shirtless body. But it's so good. He's so good as a shirtless body. I guess because he gives so much like uh, grist for Steve Carell as humor. It gives him grist. something. Isn't that what it's That's called? That's like a $5 word there. It, but is it grist? Yeah. Am I using the right word? I think so. Okay. Well, you're the one who went to classical high school, so you would know words. Shmash, <laughs> But it, it just gives good opportunities. So I think it's a good, good appropriate use of Mark Wahlberg. That's how, that's how I would use the Mark Wahlberg. 
Now, speaking of Mark Wahlberg, I, I now have to ask you the most important question. Yeah. Who would you fall in love with? Are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends? The truth of it is, I loved you from the first second I met you. <laughs> but mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. You have bewitched me, body and soul, and I love you. I love, I love you. I know. I mean, it's either Tina or Steve. Mm-hmm. See, I feel like if I fell in love with Steve, he'd be a good partner. Would he? I mean, so long as I would train him to close the drawers. <laughs> um, just get those child locks. And he just, he, you know, going back to what I said earlier, he definitely, like, puts in the effort. Mm-hmm. But right now in life, I feel like Tina would just get me. <laughs> She'd send me away to a hotel for a weekend. <laughs> well, would she be your best friend or would she be someone to fall in love with? Because mm. I think she would be the best of best friends for you because she would be able to take care of you. But mm. would she be good to you the way Steve Carell would be good to you? Yeah, I guess I'll go with Steve. Because I'm going with Liz. No, Tina. Liz <laughs> Lemon. Tina Fey. I mean, if she was Liz Lemon, then it'd probably be her. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, I feel the same way that I feel like Tina Fey would get me and understand my weirdness because mm-hmm. if she can get Steve Carell, then I think she would get me. Yeah. Or do I want to be a mob boss wife and fall in love with Ray Liotta? No, you don't want to be with Ray Liotta. <laughs> and apparently you're not into the Mark Wahlberg either. Nah. Gal Gadot is also an option. So you don't, we don't really get to know her, but... Just, I mean, if this that, is a Mary Boff kill situation. Yeah. Well... <laughs> What what is your Mary Buff kill then? Oh, um, here I'll give you th- I'll give you three options: Tina Fey, Steve Carell, Gal Gadot. Oh, that's easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, who am I killing though? Yeah, who are you killing? I don't know. I don't want to choose anyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mary Buff kill Steve Carell. Can I Carell. kill James Franco? Yeah, you can kill. Oh, okay. Him. Mary Buff kill uh, Steve Carell, Ray Liotta, Mark Wahlberg. Wait, say it again. Steve, oh, so James Franco isn't in the list. He's not in the running. Steve Carell, Mark Wahlberg. Mm. Steve Carell, Mark Wahlberg, Ray Liotta. Hmm. <laughs> None of them are very tempting for anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, marry Steve Carell, but trying to decide who I'm going to boff or kill, I think I'd kill Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe we should rewatch Goodfellas. I'm just liking I think him less like, and less. <laughs> and you're liking Ray Liotta more and more, so that's interesting. We should do a Scorsese rewatch. Can we watch The Godfather instead? Sure. <laughs> See, this is why I love you. <laughs> um, okay, so we we fell in love. Oh, I think I have... I do have some letters this week. Hey, Flo. Huh? Mail come. Got mail for you. Oh, Pete, you got mail. You sent me a letter. You got mail. Oh, I like how you just patted your pockets. <laughs> Physical letters. Okay. You will find this really interesting. <laughs> I have been DMing with Inglorious Baguettes. Check her out on Instagram. She's got a great, great little page. And I think she's starting a podcast herself, too. So check, check them out. Uh, she DM'd me the other day. She said, I've been listening to so many of your episodes lately, by the way, because I did a marathon of rom-coms on Monday and immediately went to your pod. Listened to the Four Weddings and a Funeral app, which then inspired me to listen to the Notting Hill one, and then Two Weeks Notice, and finally Down With Love. It definitely inspired me to do eventually do an episode dedicated to Hugh Grant's Hugh Grantness. And although it's always been kind of the same, there was a slight change in personality that his character got over time, going from the meek to gaining more power with each role. Still have to research whether that is actually true, but it got me thinking. Mm-hmm. And I told her she's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Because it culminates in him becoming prime minister in Love Actually. Was it music and lyrics after that, though? We're not counting that. <laughs> oh, we're not? Are we talking about just things you've done episodes on? I guess so, but I, you, you're right. I mean, pop that's, star That's is a good powerful. aberration. Yeah, but it's a good aberration to bring up because pop star versus prime minister. I would say prime minister is like on the top next to being king or queen, then prime minister below king or queen. But mm, Kind of the other way around. But. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. I, I would say I'd rather be king of the world than prime minister of Britain. I mean, are we calling music and lyrics the end of the Hugh Grant era, or I think what we about are. like the recent stuff? Because the recent stuff hasn't really been rom coms, so we're we're saying that Hugh Grant rom comness. Yeah, I definitely think that he's kind of. I think 
kind of as he became less foppishly cute, they had to evolve him mm-hmm. in his roles. Give him more interesting things. Yeah, give him more to go for him. <laughs> so, like, he is literally a billionaire in two weeks' notice. Mm-hmm. He's prime minister in Love Actually. He's and a pop then, star in music and lyrics. But a washed up pop star in music and lyrics. So that that's kind of like, and then the decline <laughs> Actually, starts. music and lyrics is kind of him becoming the, uh, the pop star character in Love Actually. Oh, he's it's, becoming Bill Nehe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, but I think roughly that's true because mm-hmm. Notting Hill, he's just a a humble books bookshop owner. Yeah, a it, bookshop it definitely owner. kind of rests on his looks and his unassuming charm, but then it's kind of got to compensate in other areas. I can't it? even remember what his deal was in About a Boy, what he was doing, but he was just kind of he was kind of caddish in that. One? I don't know, but then he's also kind of caddish in Bridget Jones. I can't remember his his job in Bridget Jones. Oh, he was like he was the boss in Bridget mm-hmm. Jones' Diary. He was Bridget Jones' boss at some posh creative. I can't remember if it was a magazine or something, but he was the big boss. No, it was the it was a publisher. It's a book publisher <laughs> with Mister Tits those Herbert. Are the, those are the corporate jobs they give women in rom coms. Yeah, but he's the big boss, and I feel like that. There's nothing about. Women accountants in the rom-com world. I know, but we love you. Come on, Nora, Nancy Myers. We need we need some sexy, not sexy accountants, but sexy job like accountant. Mm -hmm. Make that sexy. Very sexy. Yeah. Um, Mm, Those numbers. (laughs) (laughs) You hate numbers. Yes. (laughs) Stats class. You made me get a C. You were distracting me. Me? Mm -hmm. What did I do? You were distracting me with your friendship. Oh, excuse me. I was just laying the foundation for our beautiful love story. True. <laughs> I'm glad you accept that truth. Um, well, that is our episode. Uh, do you, Sarah, we know that Robin is an avid listener of this. So do mm-hmm. you have any messages to new mom, Robin? Mm. Just stay strong. You will sleep again someday. <laughs> Is there like someday you will not be covered in bodily fluids, both yours and your child's? <laughs> is there one thing that you wish you were told in the first month of having a baby? Mm. It feels hard because it is hard, and you can do hard things. Mm. Mm-hmm. Same to you, Kelly. Keep doing absolutely a good job. <laughs> you are you are our heroes, and we absolutely. admire you. And she's so cute. She's really cute. <laughs> we got to see pictures of her different poop faces today mm-hmm. that's making the poop not getting poop on the face that's toddlers yes <laughs> man there's like a spot on one of our curtains that's like <laughs> <laughs> we don't tell people about that i just how did he do it i don't know well he likes to kick his feet when we're changing his diaper oh that's true there were things that were flung anyways <laughs> check out everything that we're doing on instagram at romcom gents you can email us at gmail, uh, romcomgents at gmail.com. Check out the Patreon where Kelly and I have our bonus episode this month on Gilmore Girls Season 1. Mm. And I think next month we're going to do Season 2. We'll see if Kelly... Kelly's supposed to be binge-watching television. The Jess Strikes Back. Yeah. I've been looking at Kelly's... And then it's Return of the Dean. <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking at Kelly's photos that he's been texting me, and I see books all around, and it mm-hmm. seems like, is he reading them? They've been reading the Dresden Files out loud. Oh. You've been betrayed, but I, mean, I am victorious. I, I can't believe he's reading under such sleep deprivation. I can't read and with And they that. were watching Star Trek. Mm, he needs to be binging on Gilmore Girls. Kelly, this is your reminder. You need to binge the Gilmore Girls. He told me you would. It's a hard life. Yeah, it's very hard on your paternity leave so that's the patreon we also have weekly essays and polls the poll right now let me check so for our october movie poll where our patron voters get to decide the next movie that we're watching it's october so it's a spooky movie poll we've got the zomcom warm bodies practical magic Mm. practical magic so I married Sandy. Sandy B and Nicole Kidman. So I married an axe murderer. Yes. And finally, a very spooky, scary one. The devil wears Prada. 
I'm glad you like that joke. <laughs> I mean, Emily Blunt can be pretty scary in that movie. And Meryl's, she's pretty terrifying. Um, yeah, I suppose so. So, it's a little dramatic, guys. We have a tie. It's currently tied between Practical Magic and The Devil Wears Prada. So, you... Aww, I want So I Married an Axe Murderer. Well... Vote, people. <laughs> vote. Help Sarah get the movie that she wants, and Rachel Perel Foskett is the biggest fan of that movie, mm-hmm. too. So, help them get their movie they want. Uh, I know that we've got fans of Devil Wears Prada, but obviously fans of Practical Magic. So, get in there and vote on Patreon so you can pick the next movie for us. And I think that's it. Next week, we should have Kelly back. It's... I think we're going to watch Friends with Kids because Kelly and I are now friends with kids. Hmm. I've never even heard of that one. It's a movie that Robin really respects, so I think that's what's next for us. Sounds good. Uh, Sarah, Mm -hmm. I get to say this with all sincerity. Uh Uh-oh. You're my wife, and I really love you. Aw, I love you too. And this is where we will say goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu Thank you for listening to our review Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe See you next week on the Gentleman's Guide To rom-coms <laughs>